Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard who loved writing stories. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat down to every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Worst writer in the world 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 He's a stupid Rubbish writer. Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and he's got a pen and he's not afraid to use it. It's how long? Yes. Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Thanks to all of our lovely patrons on Patreon for supporting this show. Woo. And thanks to you for listening. And that's it. <laughs> and just kind of then just kind of stopping and feeling like that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> So this is part two, part two and final of um, the plot so far. Worst writer in the world, the plot so far. And uh, as you, I'm sure you remember, last week we um, heard the beginning of the story of Howard uh, and his writing career. We heard about some of the things that he wrote. Wow. We heard about his twin sister, Rapunzel, and how she died of window disease. Aww. And we heard about Howard going to the pictures and seeing a film about humanoid mole people and then going home to Eric Jenkins' house and finding that humanoid mole <gasps> people are real and had murdered Eric Jenkins' wife. And then Howard got arrested for the murder, even though it wasn't him. I knew I should have gone and seen Biggles. <laughs> And unfortunately, when Howard was languishing in jail with a G um, <laughs> after being arrested by PC Andrew Wilkinson, yeah. he heard someone coming. And he was sure that it was going to be a humanoid mole person come to eat him. Oh, but no. hello, it wasn't. It was Tom Baker, Hooray! Doctor Who, come to take him on a TARDIS adventure. Yes. And they did. They went on a TARDIS's five adventure, in fact. Brilliant. But unfortunately, <laughs> uh, Vaughn, the Cyberman out of conflict, turned up and scrambled Doctor Who's brains with his brain scrambling oh, gun. Wow. But just as he was losing his mind, Tom Baker Doctor Who said, Quick, Howard, we'd better get in my time, TARDIS, and take you back home to the past <laughs> before I forget how the thing works. And that's where we left it. All right, let's get started, shall we, Howard? Yes, please. <laughs> Cut to several thousand years earlier. Ooh. Right, is everyone here? I'd better do a quick roll call to check. Sir Lawrence Talltree cleared Ready. his throat and tried not to think about horses. <laughs> Riverend Philip. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, here <laughs> with a bum full of sausages, Sir Lawrence. <laughs> Riverend Error. Oh, oh, here and definitely not Satan or the Cyberlord <laughs> in disguise. Oh, 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 Reverend. Mm. <laughs> I'll make a note of that. Definitely not Satan. Okay. Timkins Ferranta 2. Aaron Rattarst, sir. <laughs> good, good. Ajax the Bloody Massive Smith. <laughs> I'm here said a muffled voice. Mm. Where? I can't see you. I'm under this sofa and two armchairs. <laughs> uh, why? Well, I put a T-shirt on, but my arms are so big and marrowy that they turned the T-shirt into a three-piece suite. <laughs> right. Well, what? OK. Next up, <laughs> I have... 
<laughs> Next up, I have Sly and Skull Gull Haggerty. I'm just over here cutting this man's head off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I really want my head cut off by a murderer. <laughs> 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 I'm so glad no one's trying to stop him or help me in any way. Uh-huh. Brackets, sarcastic. Now <laughs> yeah. that. Jolly good. Now, that just leaves two people. Firstly, our magician, Johan P-Nazi Spellbinder. <laughs> T.T., bring me your petty pois and I will oppress them. <laughs> and is there a Howard Long here? <laughs> yes, but I don't want to be. Tom Baker Doctor Who said he was taking me home in his time TARDIS, but then he brought me here. Who's Tom Baker Doctor Who? <laughs> He's calling himself Johan P-Nazi Spellbinder now for some reason. <laughs> P-Nazi, P-Nazi! <laughs> I don't even know what you're all doing here. <laughs> well, we're going to stop the baddies from releasing lots of chaos beasties by extinguishing the candle of ever, said Talltree. As plots go, that's both needlessly complicated and frustratingly vague, said Sly. <laughs> And how are you going to stop them? asked Howard. By murdering them, said Ajax. (laughs) Uh, By giving them bum sausages, said Philip. By getting drunk at them, said (laughs) Timkins. By murdering Sly at them, said Gull Haggerty. (laughs) By sarcastically saying, oh, you're really good at chanting. I bet the chaos pieces will love you until they lose confidence, said Sly. By giving blowjobs to their horses, said (laughs) Talltree. By... By drilling for ballerinium, said Error. (laughs) By discriminating against their peas, 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 said Tom Baker, P-Nazi who. (laughs) (laughs) Kazaar, said Thing, causing a tent to go up. (laughs) Right, said Howard, this is stupid. (laughs) Does anyone know how I can get home? Suddenly, there was a wheezing, groaning sound. The TARDIS arrived and out come Doctor Who. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, it's me, Sylvester McCoy Doctor Who, said Sylvester McCoy Doctor Who. Do you mind if I borrow Howard for a wee TARDIS adventure? I'm going to need you to plug this CD player into your imagination. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, that's the real thing. That's the real thing. That's not me exaggerating. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, but that's not. But you understand that what I wrote isn't real, right? I mean, I was it was only fiction. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's such a good idea. I'm going to need you to plug this CD player into your imagination," said <laughs> Sylvester McCoy, Doctor Who. <laughs> then. <laughs> Then take your clothes off and run through central Central London. Uh, Why? asked Howard. (laughs) Hey, are you Doctor Who? Are you a fucking (laughs) space genius who's been everywhere and met everyone and knows everything that's going to have been happened in the whole history of forever? (laughs) No. So plug the CD player into your imagination and get your pants off. It's the only way we can defeat the hush, an enemy you can't see or hear or feel and has no effect on the world, and I just made it up. But if you don't get naked, then everyone will die because I'll kill them. We'll have to go look at the big pile of skeletons at the end of the universe again. (laughs) Not the skeletons, said Howard. 
So Howard did what Sylvester McCoy doctor he wanted, <laughs> and he ran through the West End of London naked. Hmm. He ran past Farringdon Station, down Moor London, through Leadenhall Market, across the Millennium Bridge, through the Trocadero, <laughs> over Tower Bridge, past hmm. the London Eye, through Greenwich Park, down Charing Cross Road, and back to the TARDIS. <laughs> well done, Howard, said Sylvester McCoy doctor who. You defeated the hush with your nudity. I was watching you on my scanner screens and you looked damn good while you were doing it. Woo, <laughs> said Howard. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I must be going. I have to go to Scarrow to pick up the remains of the master and take them to Gallifrey. <laughs> Why? You know how the Daleks are the law enforcement of the universe? <laughs> And and when you do crimes, like the master, the Daleks put you on trial, then they exterminate you, and after that, the Daleks put your snake in a box. <laughs> and, I, and I have to take it to Calibre. <laughs> uh, well, that doesn't sound you. right. I like the way that, to be fair, that like the most absurd plot so far is not the one I wrote. Okay, yeah. no, it is absolutely. Yeah. That is exactly what happens yeah. in the opening, like di yeah. the opening voiceover in the movie. That is, I, I haven't changed that at all. No, uh, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, got to go now. Bye, bye, milk. <laughs> Sylvester McCoy, Doctor Who, got in his TARDIS and fuzzed off. <laughs> London said Howard to himself, staring in wonder at the many lights of the West End and the ten times as many people. <laughs> This place needs more lights, he said. <laughs> but I like it. My dream of moving to London has almost come true. I just need two things. One, a house. And two, some underpants. <laughs> Howard looked down at his still naked and shivering body. Excuse me, has anyone got any spare pants and a house I can borrow? Hello, anyone? <laughs> The Secret Diary of Howard Long, aged 18 and 4 63rds. Brilliant. Dear Diary, I have been living in London for some time now. London, land of my dreams, where the streets are paved with nachos and nut things in chocolate stuff. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am super poor. I can't even afford Tesco beans. I've got quicksave 9p beans in my cupboard. Mr Cotton would be so ashamed. On the bright side, loads of companies gave me credit cards so I could buy expensive London stuff like food and rent. Mm. On the downside, they want me to pay the money back, selfish mm. bastards. So I've been trying to find a way to make money without having to get a job filing for Daleks. <laughs> my first plan was to become a criminal. So I made a list of crimes and decided my best bet was burglary. <laughs> but I accidentally burgled my own house, so now I've got no TV. Although I do know a guy with a TV for sale, so I guess I'll buy that. My second plan was to win the pools. Ooh. And it worked! The first time I played, I won a million pounds. Hey. But then this old man stole the pools letter from me, so I locked him in a room. But the maid let him out and... Well, I don't really understand what happened, but I didn't have my pools money anymore. <laughs> My next plan was to get my uncle to win the pools, and that worked too. And he said I could have some if I made it to his house next door before midday on the following Monday. <laughs> Which was still six days away. So I cleverly left my house eight seconds before <laughs> midday on Monday and somehow missed the appointment and my dog died in a swamp. <laughs> so that plan was a bust too. Next up, I decided to get a rich woman to give me her doll's necklace so I could sell it. But then I realised that plan made no sense and so I didn't do it. <laughs> Instead, I decided 
to get a job. That's right, listener, I got a job. As a teacher, an English teacher, like my hero, Mr Cotton. Me. And now I'm giving people 19 out of 20 and calling them poor, fat and stupid. <laughs> Unfortunately, during my first week, we all went on a school boat trip to Madagascar and the boat sank. But we all made it to an island where 25 children and several teachers were murdered, eaten or disappeared in mysterious circumstances. And since I was the only adult to survive, everyone blamed me. And I got fired and had to go to jail for a while and maybe even have my brains tested. <laughs> I realised that the best way to make money would be to get a rich girlfriend. So when I got out of jail with a G, I decided to start looking for one. First, I made a list of all the qualities a girl would need if she was going to qualify as my girlfriend. Number one, extremely good looking with a great body. You know, like me. Two, not an idiot. You know, like me. Three, a good sense of humour. I plan to test this by telling them Lee Brumby's joke. What did Spider-Man say to the Hulk, you're a piece of milk? And if they laugh, they pass. Yes. Number four, sexually open. Specifically, open to not having sex, because to be honest, that sounds icky. And number five, must like watching Doctor Who and pretty much nothing else. I was great at dating, and in the next few months, I had ten girlfriends. Wow. Unfortunately, none of them worked out for reasons that were not my fault at all. The first two girlfriends <laughs> went into a very dangerous butcher shop, brackets T.S. Bloors, and got murdered. Mm. Two went for a swim in the Thames and drowned. Oh, yeah. One of them went to a barbecue and liked it so much she stayed there. Mm. One got kidnapped by a tramp. <laughs> two went into a poultry house and are still there trying to work out what it is. <laughs> One got in Squire Allen's car and he drove <laughs> off, which just left one. Yeah. The 10th turkey, um, I mean woman, <laughs> was called Claire Harper and she was my soulmate. I wanted to do her so much. <laughs> no, hang on, I loved her so much that I decided to ask her to marry me. So I bought her a pork ring and I proposed. <laughs> and she said, OK, but you have to meet my parents first. She sounded a lot like my dead sister, Rapunzel. Best not think too hard about that. So we made a date and I went to her house. Things went well at first. I talked to her dad about football and Dansford Blue, my favourite horse. <laughs> I've got pictures of, <laughs> pictures of him all over my wall. Yeah. And sometimes, when I look at them, I feel funny in my downstairs <laughs> bum area. <laughs> anyway, we were getting on like a burning house when Mr Harper said, Who is your favourite actor? <laughs> well, that question was easy. <laughs> William McRuins, I said. <laughs> I love him. I love him in that play where he's the lead. <laughs> Mm. I don't like William McRuins, <laughs> said Mr Harper darkly. Then he threw me out of the house and I never saw Claire again. Mm. Cried, went bed. It was at this point that Howard realised that he didn't want to kiss girls because girls were disgusting. <laughs> what Howard wanted to kiss was Doctor Who. <laughs> so Howard went out to Blockbuster Video and bought a VHS tape of the brand new Doctor Who movie and watched with horror as <laughs> Paul McGann Doctor Who kissed a woman. <gasps> no! said Howard, feeling all his hopes and dreams shrivel away and die, and he didn't even get a new helmet out of it. <laughs> there was only one thing to do. 
Howard needed to call his dad. Yes. Hello, Dad. Have you got a minute between drowning all those puppies to come and pick me up? Doctor who kissed a woman! <laughs> this isn't your dad, it's your mum, dib dib dib. <laughs> I found some... <laughs> I found some old cassette tapes of the Bull Rubbish Roadshow that you did with Rufus when you were both five, and I watched them. (laughs) You watched our audio cassettes, Hmm. yeah, and they were rubbish, so I burned them. (laughs) Mum, can I speak to Dad, please? Hmm. And I read some of your Choose Your Own Adventure books that you wrote when you were nine. They were rubbish. You can't call your main character Woggy the Doggy. And where's that pig got diamonds glued all over him? If he's not careful, he'll get robbed by a normal elephant trainer who's lost the £100,000 he keeps under his mattress. You know, like (laughs) happened to your Uncle John. I told him, I said, don't be so daft, John. Put your money in the bank. And he said, my name's not John, it's Prince Kong, and I like swallowing ghosts. (laughs) Mum, can I please speak to Dad? It's important. It's about Doctor Who. Well, no, you can't, because your dad got eaten by that creature that lives in the well in our garden. You know, Glar the Master. (laughs) Howard put down the phone, experiencing deep sadness due to the facts that his dad had been eaten, his mum thought he was rubbish, and most of all, because Doctor Who kissed a woman. (laughs) I'll never be happy again, wailed Howard. Hang on, what's this? Howard picked up the letter and tore it open and found, to his delight, that it was an invitation to Doctor Who's TARDIS. Mm. Dear Howard, please come to my TARDIS, 29th of April, midnight, the Wise Place chip shop from Doctor Who. P.S. Don't be late. When Howard arrived at the TARDIS, he found Doctor Who had been tied up by Daleks. But Howard was good at bricks. So so he untied Doctor Who. Then they collected some items which the Doctor put together with nails. (laughs) Okay, that's the Daleks defeated, said Tom Baker, Doctor Who. And, by the way, Howard, I'm sorry for kissing that woman. I promise I'll never do it again. Howard didn't know that Doctor Who was lying, so he felt good. (laughs) Women are awful, aren't they? Said Howard. Yes. And talking of evil women, I need Mm. your help again. Some evil women are trying to take over the world by starting a TV company. I'm not sure how it works, but I have a feeling it's going to involve me gluing myself to the ceiling. (laughs) And I bet they have an area in their spaceship called Plant Zone. (laughs) Do you want to have another TARDIS adventure with me? Howard thought about all the danger and difficulty they'd encountered last time. Yes, please, he said. Yes, okay. We'll go defeat those evil women. But first, I have to drop this wolf off on Gallifrey for some reason. (laughs) It's because otherwise Blood Red's terror HUD will get me, said the wolf. (laughs) He sounds a lot like John Pertwee, don't you think, (laughs) said Doctor Who. He sounds like Claire Harper's dad, said Howard. Whatever you do, don't tell him what you think about William McRuins. <laughs> and so siege happened. <laughs> but at the end, Doctor Who didn't want to bum Howard to try and repopulate the Earth because the show just wasn't gay enough yet. <laughs> There's only one way to get Doctor Who to kiss me, thought Howard. I'll have to put a skirt on. <laughs> So Howard put a skirt on and went around going, woo, woo. (laughs) But Tom Baker Doctor Who was too repressed, so he dropped Howard in London and fuzzed off. Mm. 
London, neon, food smell, nachos and those nut things <laughs> in chocolate stuff. The city that goes to bed at 11 o'clock, but until then, you can definitely get a Chinese man to bring you a pizza. Unfortunately, Tom Baker Doctor Who had dropped Howard off in the wrong time period again, and so Howard was homeless and penniless once more. Howard wandered the streets, getting increasingly drunk on the whisky he always kept in his pocket, until he came to a welcoming mansion. Or was that a smansion? Howard knocked on the door. Hello, yes, said the boho indie pillock who answered. <laughs> you sound like John Pertwee, and Claire's dad, and a wolf I just met, said Howard. <laughs> and my old friend Eric Jenkins, now I think about it. I think I'd remember if I were any of those people, said the guitar-playing loser, who wouldn't because he had forget-me-not brain disorder. I'm Will Fletcher. I'm staying in Bob's mansion while I write songs with Teddy Sharp. <laughs> Good songs? No. They're all called Bony Bony Dog Man. And every one of them is about having sex with a dog. <laughs> Perhaps I could help. I'm good at songs. Listen to this one. It's called I Lost My Dolly and now I'm going to puke up. <laughs> Howard pulled out his lute and began to tune it by humming. <laughs> Are you Bob's daughter, Annalisa? Asked Will, looking at the skirt that Howard was still wearing and jumping to quite the conclusion. He said that you were quite quirky. Um, yes, that's right. Quirky Annalisa, that's me. Oh, Will, question. Uh, why is it called a beef burger if it doesn't come from the German town of Beefburg? <laughs> Will stared at Howard with a frown. The German town of Beefburg, Howard repeated. <laughs> you know, because hamburgers come from... Yes, I get it. I'm just not sure why you said it. Because I'm quirky, said Howard. Now, come on, let's go into my big smansion, get drunk and have sex until I forget that I'm in love with Doctor Who. Weep, wail, lament. Oh, hang on. Oh, that whiskey's starting to disagree with me. Howard balked straight into the bathroom and threw up. Then he turned around with a coy piece of carrot still on his lip and said... Do you believe in love at first sight? <laughs> I don't, because, like, the person might be really far away. <laughs> and when you see them close up, they're ugly and so you don't love them. <laughs> yes. Yes, I mean, it's a fair point. I think. <laughs> hey, tomorrow, let's put on wedding dresses and go to the park. We can feed ducks and deer and murder all the fish. <laughs> Why do you want to murder fish? Got to murder fish, Trevor. It's <laughs> 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 just there for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, like, to be fair, this this episode's already like um, gone gone too far after about two minutes, so it's it's fine. Yeah. To, that line was was get good. some man by cow in there as well. Yeah. Got to murder fish, Trevor, otherwise the <laughs> sea will get full. Howard vomited some more. Actually, I'm feeling pretty rough. Maybe we'd better skip the sex and go straight to sleepy bibos. <laughs> Howard and Will spent several steamy days of not quite having sex together. Mm. Then one day, Will forgot where he lived and simply didn't come back. <laughs> 
Ah, well, time to move on before Bob gets back and realises I'm not his daughter. <laughs> Howard decided to get a job, and since he was enjoying wearing a skirt, he decided to get a job as a bar girl. A few weeks after he started, he was surprised when Will turned up and didn't <laughs> appear to recognise him at all. Hello, I'm Will something or other. I'm booked to sit in the corner and play guitar for an hour to people who'd rather I didn't. <laughs> Howard pretended they were meeting for the first time and he and Will quickly fell in love again. Mm. They went for a long walk, entertained some nuns, won an egg barrow and spoon race, shared <laughs> racy stories of childhood sexual abuse, <laughs> went on the London Eye when it was closed and visited a random old lady in a nursing home who Howard pretended was his gran. <laughs> Finally, they went back to Will's apartment to do some sex. Mm. I just need to get in the mood, said Howard, by going to the bathroom and looking at my own boobs. <laughs> but when Howard got to the bathroom, he was faced with the fact that he didn't have boobs. Mm. No boobs! How am I going to explain this? He said to his half-naked reflection. Then he looked down at the sink, which was full of pills and razor blades. I've got it, he said, then rushed back into the lounge and said... There never was any intimacy was there. <laughs> Which may seem like it makes no sense, but it was the best he could come up with on the fly. Mm. Before Will could ask any difficult questions like, what are you talking about? Howard ran away to the park. Unfortunately, because Howard wasn't very good at running, Will quickly caught up with him and kidnapped him. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely what happened in that film. So Howard had to wait until Will forgot, <laughs> forgot who he was again before he could escape yeah. Will's quite open plan apartment. <laughs> Howard walked home through the cold streets of London, trying to ignore the overpowering smell of nachos for which London is so rightly famous. <laughs> it wasn't raining, thank goodness. <laughs> it wasn't raining, thank goodness, but the wind was high and it was making Howard's hair overlap, which he hated. Ugh. The elements, he shouted up at the sky. <laughs> Why must I be tortured by the elements? As Howard yelled at the night sky, he noticed something odd about the moon. It was wrong. The moon was wrong. Instead of looking like a single plate, it was like a pile of plates. <laughs> a sideways pile of plates hanging in the sky like, uh, well, like some floating plates. <laughs> the multiverse, said Howard, who had seen sci-fi movies. As he stared up at the sky, he thought he heard a sound and saw a shadow getting gradually larger. Howard saw it was a person falling towards him like Richard Pryor skiing off a building. <laughs> the sound grew nearer and louder and clearer. Milk! A man hit the ground <laughs> next to Howard, stood up and brushed down his black clothes. Hi, bloke, he said. I've just come from Bee World. Loads of bees, kids are slaves, it's a real downer. <laughs> Rafe Dix, said Howard. Sure, <laughs> but Rafe Dix from another universe. <laughs> Tell me more about Bee World, said Howard. The B stands for bummer, said Rafe, <laughs> because Bee World is a real bummer. The people in charge are this awful couple called Basilius and Penny Rex. Oh, no. He wears a mask and is a racist, and she likes blowing up children. <laughs> anyway, they split London in two, so the rich people are in the north with all the money and alcohol, and the poor people and slave children are in the south, operating <laughs> oil pumps and pissing out of the window. <laughs> so, you've come here to escape, have you? Maybe get a job as a bus driver? Hmm? No, I came here to find you. 
We need your help to bring equality to B-World. How can I do that? By getting a job. <laughs> right. That's a big no from me. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a hero. They'd build statues <laughs> of you. <laughs> Still no. <laughs> the children would chant your name with joy. Uh, Don't care. Yeah. We'll give you loads of gold. <laughs> I'll do it, said Howard Solo. <laughs> but why me? What's so special about me? Is it because my penis is big and good? Mm. No. We want you to take the place of this bloke who works for Basilius Rex. And the thing is, you look just like him, said the man. Because, well, you are him, but from a different world, you know. Mm. A parallel of me. Exactly. So, will you do it? For loads of gold, yes, I will. Mm -hmm. Great, then grab this transporter. I'll take you to the train where we're meeting Dr White. Howard looked down at his new fingertips and blinked his new eye. Mm. No one would ever know, said Dr White, who was black, as long as they don't look too closely at the stitches. And as long as your fingertip doesn't fall off in a filing cabinet. <laughs> and as long as you don't go around telling people just because they're a hot redhead with blue smurf skin. Hang on a minute, said Howard. If I'm replacing a parallel of me, wouldn't he have identical fingertips and eyes? Oh, yes, his pinkies and peepers would be indistinguishable. <laughs> then why did you cut mine off and replace them with his? Dr White shot a glance at Kofensi. Dr White's favourite film is Minority Report and he's always <laughs> wanted to have a go, said Kofensi. <laughs> I think it went well, said Dr White. Hang on, your eye's fallen out. I'll just shove it back in. <laughs> hey, while you're here, Dr White, can you do anything to stop my hair overlapping? I'm afraid not. Medical science still hasn't found a solution to the eternal problem of overlapping hair. <laughs> All you can do is move to the Arctic where there's famously no wind. <laughs> we need to get moving before the racist ticket inspector arrives, mm. said Kofensi. Howard, are you ready to take over the life of this fellow we killed? Kofensi nudged the skinny corpse on the train carriage floor with his foot. Howard was disturbed by how identical they were. Same lean body, same dark hair, same tobacco stains on their fingers. I was brecked ready, said Howard. By the way, does he have the same name as me? No, he changed it. He named himself after his favourite pop star. So from now on, you'll have to call yourself Henry Rollins. <laughs> right. And what do you want me to do while I'm there? Break into Basilius Rex's file room and steal evidence of his crimes? Crime? Crime. No, no, we want you to locate a woman called Sally Edmund <laughs> and have sex with her on the top floor. <laughs> Why? You let me worry about the details. You just decide, do, don't regret and dick Sally Edmead. <laughs> The office was linear. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it was. Howard was sitting at his desk trying to stop his hair from overlapping when the woman who sat opposite, Sally Edmead, said, Oh, I don't understand why my computer won't work. You've got the screen the wrong way round, said Howard. <laughs> Sally turned the screen to face her. Ooh, Howard, beans, she said. <laughs> <laughs> what? How can I ever thank you? Would you like a lolly I've shoved up my snatch? <laughs> uh, no, thank you. <laughs> All right, 
Let's go upstairs and fuck then, shall we? Brilliant. Howard sighed. He didn't want to because Sally Edmead was weird and was always trying to get people to call her Ginger Beasting for some reason. <laughs> but this, this was the mission that his brother Kofensi had given him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he said, but you'd better give me five minutes to wank myself into the mood first. <laughs> <laughs> Howard trudged to the lift, took it to the top floor and wanked for five minutes. When Sally arrived, they fucked then fucked again, then pissed on each other, then went back to work. <laughs> Hang on a minute, said Howard. This hasn't solved inequality at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of stupid B-world and stupid women and stupid Doctor Who and the stupid elements making my hair overlap. I'm going to move to the Arctic and count polar bears. <laughs> So Howard moved to the Arctic, where he lived in a shed with Marcus Peabody, who was very bad at finding polar bears. One unlucky day, they got trapped in the shed by a box full of food, and Howard quickly went mad and ate Marcus's skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> then he climbed out of a hole in the roof, having decided to go for a swim in freezing water. But just as he was about to jump into the fishing hole, he saw a figure walking towards him over the ice. And as it got closer, he thought he recognised the figure's gate. And that's not gate like Smith and the gate. <laughs> and not the kind of gate that you can leave open and allow ten turkeys to escape. Mm. This was the kind of gate that people with legs have. And Howard recognised the legs that were gating towards him through the snow and ice of the Arctic. Mm. You're right there, Howard, said Rufus, Howard's best only friend. <laughs> Rufus, where have you been? I got stuck in South America. <laughs> what, with glue? <laughs> yeah, I got glued to a rock in Argentina and I only just managed to unstick myself. <laughs> what are you doing here? I came to find you. I think we should work together on this brilliant idea I've had. Are you busy? <laughs> well, I was just about to kill myself, but I suppose now you're here, I don't have to. It was true. Rufus truly made life worth living for everyone. Yay! So, what's this brilliant idea? Before I tell you, let's make sure that everyone agrees that it's my idea and I should get all the credit for it, even if you do a lot of the work, OK? <laughs> Let me guess, you want to write a book together about a detective who has to take on the Egyptian god of making crabs go big and then he fights an evil pope called Pope Mordecai Stimberline and then he gets stuck on Uranus and has to make friends with a rock called Rock Prostitute. <laughs> no, that sounds like an enormous amount of effort for very little return. <laughs> Good point. My idea's much better than that, said Rufus. You know how you wrote loads of stories and <laughs> scripts when you were younger, but then you put them in the attic and forgot about them? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you remember how we used to do the Bull Rubbish Roadshow, which was basically a podcast before podcasts existed? Yes. Well, I think that we should enter a snowman competition, said Rufus. <laughs> With all the snow lying around here, I reckon we could do a million. <laughs> So Rufus and Howard built a million snowmen and they won the snowman competition with ease because their closest competitor had only made 15. The end. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat and wrote every night But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah woman a no woman a no Was writer in the world Was writer in the world 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Worst Writer in the World show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you have enjoyed this and the 200 and something episodes that came before it and want to say, you know, I want more. Where can I get more from? Then go to patreon.com slash manbycow where we also have hundreds more episodes of things like the Secret Gang podcast, Gret Binchleaf stories, exclusive Man by Cow episodes, so and all stuff. kinds of other guff as well. If you go further back, you'll fi- even find extended episodes of Rufus and Howard's The Worst Writer in the World podcast show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Rapunzel, for example, that yeah. classic Rapunzel, has whole scenes and sections in the script wow. that are just not in the public episodes. Same with a lot of the early stories. They're longer That's on right. Patreon. And just think about it. We peaked with Rapunzel, so like, you know, if you want our best material, just go back and listen to that. Yeah. And you can get that, you can get those extended episodes for as little as $2 a month, as Ooh. well as a lot of other stuff as well. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye, Milk! Bye-bye, Milk! He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer. Yeah.